Brian Murphy in for the mayor. I've been deputized for this time and place. Uh, we'll have, uh, of course, Pat Royce joining us from sunny Fort Myers at 3 o'clock for Sports Talk. Glad you could be with us. Hey, a little quick uh, headline out of the Pioneer Press. Um, you, you ever been to the Moose Country in Lilydale? Oh, mm-hmm. sure, yeah. It's closing. It's be- No, yes, really? For a housing development. Because well, we need more of that in the, uh, yeah. in the Twin Cities Yeah, but the Metro. thing that, the, about that place that was unique was that was uh, Jacques Lemaire and Mario Tremblay's favorite watering hole. I did not know that. They lived down the street in those condos right on the river there. Um, I only know this because I, I hung out with them a couple of times there. Okay. I did an interview with both of them once. That's a cool there. spot. I'm, yeah, I'm, this is a very, very cool spot. And I'm, So they got the price that they couldn't say no to, basically? They must have. It's, it's, it's riverfront property, isn't it? Yeah. Because I, when I lived in St. Paul, we would stop in there, not frequently, but you'd, you'd stop in there once in a while. That's too bad. It's Because, uh, you know... The walleye fingers were phenomenal. Here's my question. You mentioned that there's going to be more housing development. It And again, I, I'm past the point of my life where I'm going to be a downtown person, a downtown liver. Is there really still that much demand for people to live downtown? We've got housing projects and housing communities everywhere. Yeah, but it's not downtown. Well, I suppose it's. I mean, if you urban dwellers, you know, I mean, the twenty-five to thirty-five-year-olds, they want to, you know, you're right. They're not Joe's demographic. They're probably not listening to this show right now. (laughs) They're probably not. (laughs) Um, Yeah, apparently it's uh, part of the strip mall too. Uh, Okay, five five and a half acre site sits atop the scenic Mississippi River bluffs. uh, You know, losing places like lifestyle communities, losing places like that and Nyes, and you wonder. Is this the growing trend now, where we're not going to have the historic old, old time bar? And I hope not. I hope not either. But you're you're kind of seeing that trend starting, and I I get it that places are always going to open and close no matter where you live. But you're you know you're seeing that there's not that much nostalgic uh, demand anymore. Well, I mean the Moose Country was fine, but it wasn't like a, a, a it wasn't. Nice. I didn't look at it where yeah, it wasn't that kind of a place, sure. or even it didn't have the architectural character of say a W. A. Frost or sure. something where you know, and it didn't even have the reputation maybe or maybe it did of I'm thinking like Liquor Lyles, you know, the all time yeah. dive bar in Uptown. Um, I don't know. I'm, we only, lost- I'm only mentioning places I hang out. <laughs> right. <laughs> what else did we lose? Uh, well, we lost Nice. Yeah, well, that was, everybody knew how cool, that, well, I think Nye's lost a little bit of its character once the accordion player passed, passed away. away, too. Well, and I think that was just a case of, you know, because Nye's was still a popular hangout, even for the, the hipster, the 25 to 35-year-old. They all went there because of the novelty of it. Yeah. You could drink your paps, you but, know, cans and tall boys. But you knew that the, the zeros finally added up to a point where they said, we can't say no to this. Of course, it's Northeast. It's yeah. where the hipsters are. Right. Hey, I just saw this coming across the wire. I know as a society, we've probably jumped the shark many, many times. Of course. Uh, but guess what? Who is Alex Trebek? <laughs> uh, how do I answer that in the form of a question? No, that, this, is the, this is the answer. You need to come <laughs> up with the host of Jeopardy, of right. course. Yes. But he will also be the next moderator of the Pennsylvania gubernatorial debate. Really? Yes. Yes. Interesting. So I, does that mean the candidates have to answer everything in the form of a question? That'd be if he did that. That would be fascinating. I would absolutely tune in. You would that. tune into the Pennsylvania gubernatorial debate, and then I'd probably get sick of it after five minutes. But I would tune in for sure. Don't you think it cheapens the process? Oh, wait a minute. Wait it's, a minute. This is U.S. politics. Please, what am I talking please, about? Cheapen the process? Are you kidding? Look at the clown in the White House. All right. Let's say he does that. Then I say Will Ferrell. Guest host for him on Jeopardy playing Doing Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. Because that would be amazing. And maybe Burt Reynolds can be one of the gubernatorial candidates. We played it last week, but the Saturday Night Live, the 40th anniversary episode of Saturday Night Live, 
when they did the Jeopardy with everybody was Sean one Connery, of the, which was one of the best skits in the history. How's of your mother, Trebek? The best was when Burt Reynolds, aka uh, Norm Macdonald, Macdonald, drives up the podium, you know, with the steering wheel. That was just fantastic. I like to solve the puzzle, Alex. <laughs> Uh, on a on a on a little bit more of well, first of all, what was your favorite game show host all time? And uh, and and did you get into game shows I'll uh, say live or now on Game Show Network, kind of in retro? Both, because you know when we were growing up, my mom was a stay at home mom. Yep. Through our first couple of years, and so we would have you know a game show here and there on live at, at our house, but. It's going to be tough because when I would stay with my grandparents, the Price is Right was always on. Sure. So I'm a Bob. 11 a.m. I'm, I'm right? a Bob Barker guy. Yeah, probably at heart. And his stick mic. Oh, absolutely. It's a classic. It is. Yeah, I think it resides here currently. Yeah, with the Fox Nine guy. I can't. The Vince. Oh, no, the cameraman. I, th- I thought uh, KDWB guy bought it. Dave Ryan. Oh, he did. I thought he did. Hold oh. on, I'm going to look this up. It doesn't exist any. Wait, he bought. He bought. Oh, the he bought Bar- mic. Bar- Bob Barker's actual mic. Yeah, I I'm going to see if he still owns it. And I'm going to make fun of him because I live by Speaking of stick mics, the original stick mic guy, I believe, is Gene Rayburn from The Match Game. Now, I am old enough to remember watching The Match Game in its contemporary form because my mom was also a stay-at-home mom. And this would have been early to mid-1970s when she was doing housework. There would be Gene Rayburn and there would be Brian camped out in front of that TV, not getting any of the sexual innuendos or the drunk talk. Just all over the top. From Fanny Flagg and Richard Dawson and Charles Nelson Riley. Uh, but I, I've watched some of these now on Game Show Network, and it's like, oh, my God, how do they get away with that? Every styrofoam cup is full of liquor, and all they're doing is talking sex between the lines. All right, so where did Bob Barker's microphone end up? I'm trying to find it, but I can't find the actual story. But I could have swore that uh, that he bought it. But I'll 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 I'll, I'll text a, a mutual friend. Oh wait, here we go right here. Yeah, access uh, allaccess.com. Dave Ryan bought Bob Barker's microphone over eBay. I'm looking for a price on it right now. I don't think he used it. One dollar. Since... I bet you he put it down one dollar. What do you think he bought it for? Uh five grand. Nineteen thousand nine hundred and nineteen dollars and eight cents. Boy, it must be nice to make Dave Ryan money, huh? Morning drive radio will do that yeah, for I you. Yeah, I guess so. Woo! Holy cow. Uh, I was just also shy of twenty grand. I was also a big Family Feud guy with Richard Dawson slobbering over all the female guests. Do you and do current form with uh, I, with Steve Harvey? I do, and my kids love it. But that's racy as hell too. Oh, it's bad. I yeah. mean, there's always one. You know, name one thing you wouldn't want your stri- local stripper to have hanging off. Right, and exactly. Dad, what's a stripper? It's right. Like, mm. And that's the one too where it's. I like it, and Steve Harvey's very funny. Yeah, he's funny, but everything seems extremely forced. In the in the current modern day format with that show, because it's and again I get it that we're a softball joke society with you know every network sitcoms and whatnot, but I, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me now. I just don't know when the sexually charged question is going to come <laughs> because what we, we, we usually do with the kids is when they come up to the front there, right? Right. And then they you know top six answers on the board. Here's your question. When they read the question, we pause it. So that the kids will have a chance to answer. Like, sure. what, you know, what do you answer? What do you answer? What do you, you know, is it number one? Is it number five? And it's always like a, you know, where does your wife like to hide her lingerie? <laughs> right. Pause. What's lingerie? Mm. Yeah. There, we had a, um, we had an answer that was given on a recent episode of Family Feud that we used. And I'm trying to find it because it's very funny, but I'll see if I can dig it up here. Uh, uh, but the original one with Richard Dawson, I mean, he was, just 
blatantly sticking his tongue down the throat of any hot female contestant on any of those sides. And he would grope them as they were uh, getting ready for their, what do they call the final round? I don't even know what, not the showcase showdown, but when you win and you go to that rundown. On the family feud? On the family feud. What's the, the, the championship portion called? Yeah, never mind. But he always had his arms around uh, any uh, shapely looking woman, let's put it that way. And I was a big uh, Pyramid fan, Dick Clark. You ever watched the Pyramid, the original Pyramids? Oh, yeah. The Who was the host? Help me. Dick Clark. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, here we go. I found the clip that All I was right, looking for. Thank you. Family can steal, and they win the game. Anthony, give me a boy's name that starts with the letter H. Jose. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was the sincerity with... He slaps down the table known, I got this. Yes. This I is the got number this. one answer on the board. What does Harvey do? He, he, he just, he doesn't, he just stands there like he can't believe what's, again, you got to imagine that this was kind of set up. I don't care because that don't was, think, that you was don't funny. think that was unscripted? Well, here, I'll, I'll put the video up here so you can see it. Turn it toward me. Yeah. hear it, but, uh, I want you to, uh, see if this is authentic. I can't see it. H. Uh. Jose. The rest of his family truly believe that's. No, that's not a setup. Why would they purposely give the wrong answer? Jose and Herman. You're a little slave run right here. So yeah, that uh, that was not a boy's name that begins with the letter H. Uh, clearly not. Yeah, but Steve had a good time with it anyway. So what are you going to do? I I, don't, I I like it, but it does seem like it's a little bit scripted. I still think the greatest the greatest game show in the history of game shows is the original Match Game. Match yes. Game 75. Yeah, that's pretty good. As far as, as fashion goes and as far as innuendo go, you won't find anything better. Right. All right, we can continue this debate if we'd like when we come back with more of Garage Logic right after this. We just spent the last segment having some yucks talking about uh, our favorite game show hosts and game shows over the last 40 some odd years in light of the news that Alex Trebek, yes, Jeopardy's Alex Trebek will be your moderator for the Pennsylvania gubernatorial debate coming up uh, later this year. But uh, we have a couple of calls out there because I know we didn't touch on every game show ever. Somebody out there has got to have a good game show host story. Who do we have out there? Let's talk to Richard first. Richard. You know. Guys, I, I, I came on uh, to, to the radio listening uh, to have some hockey talk potentially, and you just completely sucked me in in one of my favorite things in the world, and that's old game shows. <laughs> yes. What do you got for us? Who's your best? Who's your well, gold medalist? Well, I, I, I got to tell you, Buzzer TV did a special, about an hour-long special about a year ago, the greatest moments in game show history, which you can find online. You have to watch it. And, and, and on there, there was the one occasion ever in which, in which Richard Dawson could not get through the episode. He had to keep doing... Uh, uh, cuts and retakes because he asked a question to the first contestant in that final section. Uh, and the question was, uh, during what month of pregnancy does a woman begin to show? And the lady answered September. <laughs> and he completely lost it. And they had all the outtakes from the filming of that episode. It took at least five minutes to get through the outtakes. He finally got to the point where they could start it back up, finish her last couple of questions. Then her sister comes out to do her five or six questions and as he starts to read the question he loses it falls over laughing his the sister has no idea why that was one of the top moments i'd ever been witness to and then the other richard dawsonism for you guys 
he may have groped a lot of women and kissed a lot of women. He actually ended up marrying and staying married to a contestant he met on the show. Is that true? That's, That's amazing. True. Yep. She yep. fell for him, huh? It must he have worked. Actually, he he did the he did the celebrity move. He had one of his people uh, go to her and say, "Richard's wondering if he could take you out to dinner." And she wisely said yes, and and that turned into a relationship and a marriage that lasted uh, until his death. So I guess there is uh, a lesson learned: relentlessness pays off. Maybe not in the Me Too era, but in 1975, it probably pays it. off. Yeah. yeah. All right. I thanks. don't think you. I don't think you and I are going to have one of our guys go tell someone we want to uh, have have a That's woman. That's true. When you're Richard Dawson, it works. Yeah, I don't have somebody that can do that for me. <laughs> and it, and in 2017, I'm not going to be groping anybody at this point. Thanks, you're Richard. Good. Appreciate it. You bet. Uh, one other thing I wanted to uh, bring up too that he was talking about uh, the greatest game show moments ever. Have you ever seen the clip? And I'll tell you what, you got to find it before we're off air today. At the newlywed game. Okay. So this is in the seventies, yep. yep. and I can't think of the, it's not. Oh God, what's the name of the host? It's not uh, Wink Martindale, or it's not uh, Chuck Woolery, whoever it is. <laughs> Ask the question to this young woman: Where's your favorite place? To make Whoopi. Oh, yes. And she goes, in the butt. Yes. <laughs> I do remember that clip. <laughs> that is brutal. Yes. And he just he just loses it. And, and the crowd, the crowd, it was that kind of delayed, like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, laugh, 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 laugh. Uh, do we got another call? Let's talk to Larry. Larry, what do you got for us? Game show host, game show moments. Uh, oh, neither one, just game show. I'm, oh. I'm old enough to remember the old Hollywood squares. Yes. People like Red Fox. And Paul Lynn in the middle square. Paul Lynn. And I mean, that would just, I was a kid and it cracked me up in there. As I got older, I realized there were a lot of innuendos in there. That oh, I yeah. And they were guessing. drinking too. Yeah, absolutely. But that was a great old show. And but I don't remember who the host was. Uh, I can see his face. Uh, Reavers, help me out. Who's the original host of Hollywood Squares? Uh, but I know who you're talking about. And it always seemed to be, I don't know if it was an ABC produced show or if it was because ABC had all the big hit shows in the 70s. Yeah. It was always the Happy Days cast, Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Marshall? Peter Marshall. There you yeah, go. That was him. Peter yeah. Marshall. Anyway, that was a great old show, too. But uh, yeah, thanks, Larry. Take care. Uh, Anyway, I was gonna. If you watched, do you did you watch a lot of the Hollywood Squares, the originals? Not the original, but the revamped version. In the was it the late eighties? Yeah, that they came yeah. Out? I did watch that. Never quite the same because again, it didn't have that charged innuendo. But in it. it did feature Phyllis Diller. The, oh, she was the, the redid. I'm almost positive. Betty White. She was a mainstay in a lot of shows. But I remember that, and she was very funny. She was very funny in the in the revamped version that I was able to watch. And I don't. I really know of any modern game show that I've kind of gotten into. Well, I mean, they're I, all, you know, they're all they're so slickly produced. And, and they're, they're, it's, it's more of a physical thing. You're like, hey, can he get, it's, you know, wipe out. Can he get through yeah, the can obstacle eat, course? Eat, eat centipedes. And I don't want to watch yeah. that crap. I really don't. I guess who wants to be a millionaire when it first came out? That was Regis pretty good. Philbin yep. was pretty solid because it had a new concept of calling people and, and it was Regis. And Regis is an entertainer. He's great. You know, he knows how to command a room. He knows how to hold the crowd together. Absolutely. I think that's still on in some it form, is. isn't it? It is, but I, I, it's the, the new host. I forget what her name is. Because uh, it's on, on, our, on our sister station, oh, Channel plug, 5. Channel 45, right? It's on right after Twin Cities Live. Because it's always on in here after we put Twin Cities Live on. And there's a lot of these shows now, too. I've just seen previews for them where, like, 
the host like now insults the guests or kind of shames the guests into I mean I guess that's sort of the the uh, the corrosiveness of our culture that I guess that kind of like this show when Joe's good, hosting good entertainment well, where you can just especially beat, browbeat your fans <laughs> yes. uh, d- d- uh, abuse your audience I guess um, I just uh, I. I I I was thinking more along the lines of when when they were talking about Trebek. Can you imagine uh, who else would we have for who else would be a good moderator in a debate? I mean, do you see Dick Clark being Pat a good mo- Sajak? Pat Sajak. Why? Why he's would he be able calm. to break up? Fight? Oh, he's, he's calm. He's very calm. Pat never gets worked up. Not our Pat, but Pat Sajak never gets worked up. Our Pat gets worked up all the time. Maybe Bob Barker from his Happy Gilmore days, if one of the candidates got out of line, can just kind of cold cock him. The price is wrong, B. (laughs) (laughs) Bam! That was such a great moment. I mean, the movie was, it was okay, because it was, I was in college when that movie came out, but that scene was pretty funny. Among, I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan. I don't like his comedy, but among them all, I think Happy Gilmore probably stands out as the best, probably because of the sports element to it. And it pointed out so many things that we despise about the sport of golf. Of course, the the haughtiness of that. Yes. You ever see Punch Drunk Love? No. It's a drama, and he is phenomenal. Adam Sandler is phenomenal in it. It's a love story. Huh. And I think he plays a recovering alcoholic. He's... It's really good, and I just wish he'd do more of those instead of the uh, knee-jerk comedies. But, hey, who am I to tell Alan, Adam Sandler how to not make $200 billion in films? It's worth quite a bit of money. Yeah. We'll be back with more Garage Logic right after this. And now we're going to head out east and get the Your Money Now report. It comes to us courtesy from Owatonna's own Federated Insurance, and he's back. Here he is, Bruce Vale, with Your Money Now. No, great. Now you mentioned punch, drunk, love. I want to go out and get some pudding. I'm getting a little hungry. I was going to say, speaking of punch drunk. Yeah. Uh, we. Uh, it's a weird day in the market. We had a nice rally going until about 30 minutes ago when the market changed direction and has given up almost all of the gains. The Dow Jones Industrial Average has dropped down into the red, down six points now. It was up more than 200 points a while ago. The NASDAQ Composite holding on to a 26-point gain, and the S&P 500 is up just one point. Sales of previously owned homes slumped last month, even before. Four higher interest rates and the new tax law hit the market. The National Association of Realtors said existing home sales in January were down 3.2% from December and down almost 5% from a year ago. Economists had expected an increase in sales. The NAR suggested tight inventories were to blame. And some economists also noted that bad weather may have delayed some sale closings. About 58,000 outdoor gas fire pit table patio heaters sold by Home Depot are being recalled due to a burn hazard. The Hampton Bay fire pits have a slate tabletop and a black base that holds a propane tank. The bowl base lacks a shield, a heat shield, to protect people from getting burned when they reach in to turn off the propane. Once again, all sold at Home Depot. I'm Bruce Vail with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Thanks, Bruce. We'll get a fresh report from you in one hour. Hey, join Team KSTP co-captain by 5 Eyewitness News Morning anchors Chris Eggert and Megan Newquist and 1500 ESPN's John Height and help turn Type 1 into Type None. You can find more information about the JDRF One Walk at our website online. It's 1500ESPN.com. More Garage Logic with guest host Brian Murphy coming up right after this. 2.30 here on Wednesday afternoon. There's that time check again. 
Hoffman and John Height is in with another sports update. Thank you, Murph. Sunny and 17 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, and downtown Duluth. We have the uh, Girls State Hockey Tournament underway. In Class A action, Proctor Hermantown beat Red Wing at 2-zip, and Bracken Easy went over Marshall 9-2. Tonight, 9-2. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did yeah. Red Wing lose? Uh, Red Wing was beaten two to nothing. Yes. Two to nothing. Proctor they had the the, uh, the. I know this because I'm going to be covering this later tonight. Uh-huh. Uh, they were they were pretty favored. That's a huge. Red upset. Wing was. Yeah, they have uh, this top. They got the most prolific score I think in the state. Susie, no Taylor. Taylor. Ben, it's written down somewhere. I, I do Bethes. have this. Taylor. We're really worried now. Doesn't hope, matter. I'm not going to be I, writing your name now. I hope I have the score right now. It's got me really worried. Well, um, Rick, we, you'll be there chronicling uh, our very own yes. Sophia McCallsky. He'll be yeah. representing St. Paul United. St. Paul United going up against Alexandria. Yep. That's who correct. got all of her physical gifts from her mother. Clearly. Uh, yes. Uh, that's the uh, second game tonight. The first game tonight, New Ulm or New Ulm, New as Patrick Ulm. likes to say, and War Road. So uh, there you go. Uh, Ken Handy Holly, a defensive back who played in eight games for the Gophers as a true freshman this past season, has been given his release from the Minnesota program. Handy Holly's a Jackson, Alabama native. He intends to transfer closer to home, according to Gopher Illustrated. A Minnesota native took home a gold medal for a women's cross-country ski event at the Olympic Games in Pyeongchang, South Korea. Jessica Diggins of Afton, along with Utah native Kicken Randall, took home the gold for Team USA after the women's team sprint freestyle cross-country skiing final. Kicken Randall's a cool name. It's Keekin, by the way. I don't care. I'm going Keekin. And and everybody knows Diggins is Jesse. I just know because I've written a bunch of profiles on her. Got it. Gotcha. With the win, Diggins and Randall become the first Americans to win an Olympic gold medal in a women's cross-country skiing event. That brings the U.S. medal total to six gold, three silver, and six bronze. Hey, but there was a male who did win a cross-country skiing medal. Can you tell me who it was and when it was? I know you guys. It's right at the nope. tip of your tongue. Boy, I know I you I guys see do it. Uh, I can't see it. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I had it somewhere here, and I don't have it now. By anymore. the way, I'm being told. <laughs> don't you know you don't know now. either? No, I had it right in front of me on my screen, and I lost it. I'm being it was told. 1976. I know that. Okay, I'm being told. By the way, Bob Eubanks was the. I, one. I saw oh, they've been Bob tweeting at me. I don't know how I didn't know that. Okay, you know yeah, that and was Peter a, Marshall. Yep. I really enjoy. I came in to tell Chris Peter Marshall, but he wouldn't look at me. So uh, I, I enjoyed that conversation immensely because I'm older than you guys, and I missed a lot of school when I was in grade school. I know all the '60s game shows, so. The fact that you guys were talking about those made me very happy. Well, John, I'm very sorry, but much like your wife, I try to tune you on as much as humanly possible. Shocking. Uh, News notes from today. Students from several Minneapolis high schools took to the streets this afternoon in March to meet lawmakers voicing concerns about gun violence in schools. The walkout coincides with President Trump's expected meeting with teachers, parents, and students affected by mass shootings in Parkland, Florida, Columbine, uh, Colorado, and uh, Newtown, Connecticut. The students across the country took part in similar walkouts and marches. The marchers here in Minneapolis, they were joined by the city's mayor, Jacob Fry, said the NRA has something to look forward to with this generation of what he called happy, smiling warriors. I found it. It's Bill Koch. Bill Koch. Koch. Sure. K-O-C-H. In 1976, won a silver medal. Who could forget Billy? Bill Koch. Yep. Of the Cokes. <laughs> That's right. Not of those Cokes. No, the other Cokes. A Parkland school shooter Nicholas Cruz appears to have been in line for a sizable inheritance. He'll never get to spend it, of course, now, except perhaps on defense attorneys. The amount could be enough to compel a judge to order him to hire a private lawyer rather than be represented by the taxpayer-funded Broward County Public Defender's Office. The office, which represents Cruz for now, asked a judge to help figure out exactly how much money will be at Cruz's disposal. 
His mom died in November. Cruz told the family he was living with that he had an $800,000 trust fund, most of which he'd get in two years. Assistant Public Defender Diane Cudahy told the court hearing, uh, filing, asking the judge to determine whether the defendant is indigent. He's in jail after police say he walked into the high school on Valentine's Day, gunning down 17 people and wounding 15 others. Authorities have arrested a suspect in shootings around the Las Vegas area that killed two homeless men, wounded a third, and left another man working outside a convenience store with a gunshot wound, attacks that stirred fears in the homeless community. Police said Las Vegas resident Joshua Castellon, 26 years old, taken into custody on a federal weapons charge Friday and faces state charges of murder and attempted murder. Lieutenant Dan McGrath said yesterday that forensic analysis connected the same revolver to all four shootings three of which took place in an eight-hour period, January 29th. The last shooting happened on February 2nd. McGrath said a patrol officer approached Castellan on February 8th when he was sleeping in his SUV, which matched the description of the one scene of the crime scenes. He then interviewed Castellan. Detectives contacted his estranged wife, who said she believed her husband had purchased a revolver in January, according to the complaint. A day later, officers stopped him and he agreed to a formal interview. He told detectives he had purchased a revolver to sell it to the friend of a friend, according to the complaint. Donald Trump Jr. said that any talk of his family profiting from his dad's presidency is nonsense as he embarked on a trip to India that has raised ethical concerns about using the name of the American president to promote international business ventures. The eldest son of President Trump, who's in India to meet the promoters and buyers of Trump brand luxury homes in the country, said his family is actually missing out on business opportunities because his father pledged to conduct no new foreign business while he was in office. Trump Jr., along with brother Eric, now runs the Trump Organization, told Indian television channel CNBC-TV18 that when critics talk about them profiteering from the presidency and all this nonsense, they forget about what he called the opportunity cost of the deals that we were not able to do. For a second year in a row, car accidents killed more than 40,000 Americans. That, according to a preliminary account released this week by the National Safety Council, which estimates 40,100 motor vehicle deaths in the U.S. last year. That figure down 1% from 2016, when 40,327 lives were lost on U.S. roadways. The slight leveling off in 2017 follows the steepest two-year increase in more than 50 years. And last year's death count is 6% higher than just two years earlier. The spokesperson for the NSC said the main recommendation we have is for people to buckle up. About 4.57 million people seriously injured in motor vehicle crashes in 2017. Not sure that we need this, but uh, Lost in Space has a launch date. Netflix has announced its reboot to lift off for Friday, April 13th. Mm. The drama, which is ordered. What? It was uh, ordered for last, uh, ordered last June will take its cues from the original 60s series. Mm. Set 30 years in the future, the Robinson clan finds itself among those first selected to colonize space. I'm familiar with the show. It was I, awful. I didn't ever watch it. That's, that's what I was going to ask. So it was terrible. It does not compute. Ugh. It does not compute. Huh. And who is the snide Will older Robinson, guy? Will Robinson. Who is the snide older guy that was a know-it-all? And, Dr. Uh, uh, Smith, not Smith. Dr. Uh, Strange Love. No, no, no. Dr. Feelgood. Man, I'm this a, is in your wheelhouse, I'm John. It was a 60 show. You. Dr. J. Uh, Dr. Uh, it's still, it's on uh, one of the channels. You it's can watch it on Saturday Horrific. Night. Doc yeah. McStuffins. Uh, they're forced to come together and forge new alliances. That's a after, kid's TV show. I'm well aware of that. Yeah, yeah. Crash. I was just trying to think of other doctors that I was uh, off the tip of my tongue. 
after crash landing on a lost planet, which is light years ahead of their intended destination. Doc Hollywood. Folks uh, in the uh, show, now, I don't know any of these people, but then again, I'm kind of out of touch. I'm old. Doc Reavers pay. Toby Stevens, <laughs> Molly Parker. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ignacio Suraccio, Taylor Russell. Parker Posey, I know her. Parker Posey. Are in the cast. Well, she wouldn't be in it if it wasn't any good, so maybe it's going to be okay. Uh, she plays the daughter, Judy Robinson. If you watch the original, there's an older daughter, so Parker Posey playing the older daughter. Why are you looking at me like that, Chris? Nothing. I'm just l- listening to the story, John. <laughs> I'm I giving I you the Kenny Olsen stare. I think I like your attitude. I don't either. In Florida, a 57-year-old woman who tased a man to keep him from leaving has been charged with battery. Yes, you heard that correctly. The victim told the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office deputy who responded that after he got tired of being tased, he called 911. He said they'd been upstairs chilling when she got up and grabbed the taser. I bet we have the name of the doctor on the phone, don't we? Yeah. What? Dr. Smith. Dr. Smith. I was Dr. Right. Smith. I was correct. What a, what a great group of people our listeners are. There you go. Solving mysteries daily. Yeah. Jonathan Smith, right? Is that, that was his name? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, anyway, I forgot where I was in this story. <laughs> Not that it really tased. matters. I getting tased. Well, see, he was uh, with this woman hanging out, and uh-huh. she didn't want him to leave. Oh. So she tased him. Sure. See, that would be the hook of the story That's there. That's different than usually well, go away. We've, we've <laughs> Don't tase of, me, uh, bro. We've kind of, uh, you know. We've run know. aground, I believe. We've yes. run aground. Thank you. That's exactly yeah. it. All right. We'll be back with more Garage Logic right after this. Sunny but chilly today. Dave Dahl is in with a weather update. It is chilly out there. 17 right now. Heading for a high today. Maybe getting up to about 18 or 19. That's about it. The average for this time of the year is 31. So we're quite a bit short of that. Just The average is now just below that thawing point. Uh, we're going to have some changes coming our way by late tonight. The clouds will start to increase, low down to 7 above. Tomorrow the snow develops in the early part of the afternoon, continues through the evening. And right now it appears though we'll have 2 to 4 inches by about 9 p.m. tomorrow night. And um, we'll probably get that snow to continue as flurries all the way through the evening into early Friday. But Friday's high temperature back up to 30. And then uh, 32 actually on Friday. And then for Saturday we're 32, Sunday 32, but more snow, more accumulating snow on Saturday. So we get 2 to 4 tomorrow evening, another 3 to 6 during the day on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, a better day with the snow tapering off to just flurries in the morning, 32. And then 34 Monday, 37 Tuesday, 36 on Wednesday. Nice little thaw early next week. And the records for February 21 are 62 on this date. When was that? And that was in 2017. Oh, last year. Yeah. 62 degrees a year ago today? Yeah, we had 59 yesterday a year ago. And oh, my 62 God. I don't remember that at all. I vaguely do. 21 it's... below zero, though. Uh, when that was this? Set when you were just a youngster, 1873. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I do remember that, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, that's surprising. All right, thanks, Dave. See ya. Uh, you guys remember, or Reavers, you might remember, the U.S. Bank Stadium Climbers? Sure. Who I was there up, that day, yeah. Yeah, the season finale. It of, was January January 1st against January the Bears. 1st, 2017. Yep. is the season finale of the 2016 Season for the Vikings, they ended up finishing eight and eight. But uh, the these two guys, they they smuggled in the uh, climbing equipment. Was and, it two guys or a couple? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. It was a guy and a girl. I don't know if they were a couple, but you're right. It was a a, okay. a, a, a man and a woman. They ended up climbing the truss and up because you the got them on the phone. I did get them on the, the phone. Incident, I've been kind of kind of following this. It's still in the court system. They're going to trial. They are demanding a jury trial April third. They what are, are going to Hennepin County. 
they do not want to plead guilty to they they were charged with burglary, trespassing, causing a public nuisance. Blah, so they're blah, just blah, trying to plead that. down. Is that what? they're No, they don't want to plead all. They want to air all their grievances out in open court. They oh want to God. they want to see if they can get twelve people and convince at least one of them that what they were doing was protected by First Amendment free speech, and they're going to try to make this kind of a show trial. I think there's no way. Because there's no way they're not going to they're going to get acquitted, I don't think. But they're going to go to jail if they could take this to trial and lose. Because what are they what are they uh, if, if they didn't, if they didn't go to trial, what would they stand to face? I, I don't know that exactly. But my guess is they could maybe, you know, do a couple nights in jail. Maybe I don't even know, but, but probably pay a fine. But maybe a judge would want to make an example of them for what they did in disrupting. Because that's know, the, game. the road I was going. If a judge had any brains, he'd say, "Well, no, we he can't." Or she, I think he it's or she. You're right. I believe it's right. before a female judge in Hennepin County. You're right. So someone's going to say, uh, "No, an example needs to be made here because what you did." Because you don't want the next couple to go. Well, say here's what we can do. We can, you know, tout our our purpose out there right now. And the funny thing is, they were protesting the uh, the the North Dakota pipeline. I can't remember what a Keystone is. It the Keystone I pipeline? Think so, yes. Uh, which two weeks later, when Trump was inaugurated, he basically signed off on everything to let the project go through. So whatever they're protesting, whatever they were protesting on January first, two thousand seventeen, they wanted U.S. Bank, the stadium sponsor, to di- divest from the the pipeline project that was their sign that mm-hmm. was their their moment uh it doesn't matter because it's already going through so i don't know what kind of political platform or stand they're going to make at this trial but i think it could be an interesting interesting thing to watch because i what i re- the questions i want to know we know how they got the stuff in there they stuffed it down their their it was a cold day so they had these big over over uh coats on and and they brought in like the the repelling gear and all these, um, I don't. What do you call the the clips that they use for for the ropes? Uh, can't not can uh, calendar. I don't know what it starts with a C. But didn't this also result in a massive overhaul in security at U.S. Bank Stadium? Well, then there was no that that was there was another thing where they that led to. I don't know if it led directly to, but they come to find out they were employing a bunch of convicted felons That's in security issues. That's what it was. But. Whatever they smuggled in was not metal, or at least not metal enough to get detected by the to metal tr- detectors to trigger, to trigger yeah. that. Yep. So they had video. Remember, they put out the still shots of them. You, know, you could see them. They look like Michelin men. But, I mean, it was January 1st. It was probably zero degrees. Everybody was bundled up, and they brought the banner that was rolled up. Mm-hmm. They brought the climbing gear. What I want to find out, maybe this will come out at trial because they weren't going to interview. I tried to interview them uh, back in the about a year ago. They weren't talking, but... How did they plot this? Like, did they sit around and, and did they practice this? How did they know to go to that specific part of the stadium? And how, I mean, how scary was that? I know a guy that has four season tickets on in that section, the section lower 325. level. Section 325. But on the, but on the, the main level. Oh, on the main level. Okay. Where they were. And you can, if you're able to, because I wondered, because I sat in those seats with him uh, during that first season. It's, I think it's behind the south end zone. But the, the 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 pillar that runs up towards the roof of the stadium, yes. there's a staircase there for maintenance people. That's, Correct. That is secure. So all you really have to do is hop over that they thing. They did. And that's how they got up They there. did. And it wasn't an inside job because the, da- the gates were locked and they didn't have to unlock them. But... How would they have known to go to that specific spot if they were they casing the joint? They probably did. Would be my guess because that's the first thought I had was you know when you're walking around the stadium you're kind of checking out the various and that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that staircase like 
Someone could just climb over that and get on the roof, essentially. And that's what these two did. Well, now they got a sniper tower over there, a moat right. filled with alligators. Right. Nobody's going to be pulling this stunt again. But anyway, I'm going to check back in when that trial starts on April 3rd. Uh, this is Brian Murphy. I'll be here to wrap up Garage Logic right after this. This just in a little bit of breaking news in the world of the NBA. Why are you laughing? You already know? No. Oh. No. Uh, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban was fined for public comments he made on tanking on a podcast with Dr. J. What stiff penalty did the billionaire have to face? According to Adam Silver, $600,000. Oh, wow. I mean, that's significant, but not to Mark Cuban. Well, it's the least of Mark Cuban's problems today, and we'll get into this uh, with uh, Sports Talk with Royce, but it sounds like uh, the Dallas Mavericks were running a front office that was like Saturday night in Hef's Jacuzzi. Yeah, Uh, I... uh, It was awful. Sports Illustrated dropped a huge investigative story on... uh, misogyny and sexual harassment run rampant from the top down and cuban is in serious damage control mode right now uh but i'll we'll bring that up a little bit more on um on garage logic but as far or on uh, sports talk but as far as the tanking comments go i look every team does it in every league but you can't talk about you it you can't that publicly acknowledge it or that's uh, when you're going to get in trouble and you are going to get clipped and 600 grand i don't care i mean it, cuban probably finds that in his couch cushions but still that's a pretty hefty fine well the last one of significance was the patriots and did they have like a $500,000 one for the uh, and, for, and lost the draft picks tank? for what no 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 that was uh that was for the the gate the the spy gate either spy gate or it wasn't the deflating one it was spy, i think it was spy gate yeah. that was the one prior to that the yeah. cheating scandal before that involving right. the patriots right um but i don't remember the nba nobody talks about tanking too much in the in the nfl but in the nba they talk about it all the time cuz you remember when uh remember when the wolves had mark madsen shooting oh threes God. Against the was it against the Lakers. It might have been, but I remember who was the uh, when when Flip was still running the operation. Was it the Jazz color guy uh, during a game was accusing the Wolves of and Flip took it very personally and everybody knew that the Wolves were trying to tank to get Carl Anthony Towns because they were they were just awful that year. And I remember well that were, was only a couple years ago. They then. were playing the Utah Jazz and the Jazz commentator for their broadcast TV or radio said that very same thing that he was kind of disgusted with what the with what the Wolves were doing, and Flip took that very personally. Well, you should. I mean, it's Most about likely because the, he didn't want to get fined $600,000. Well, there's that, and it's just, you know, it does go to the integrity of the game. But again, everybody knows people, everybody knows there are teams that tank uh, to get a number one draft pick. It happens all the time. But you can't acknowledge that. Right. You can't talk about it. And unfortunately, you're seeing it in baseball right now, where basically half the, whole the league, league is trying not to win. It's all the analytics. Yeah. It's teaching. It's teaching everybody how to to build. Everybody wants to be the Houston Astros or the Cubs or the Cubs. Yep. But at least the Cubs are still spending money and investing. Yeah. Really could have used you, Darvish. Here, it wasn't going to happen though. It was you think the big the move's coming? Uh, I don't think that the. I, I think the big move has already happened. Yeah, their big move with uh, with Oda Rizzi. Oda Rizzi and Anibal Sanchez. Although huh? Mackie and Judd are all about getting uh, Chris, Chris Archer. Archer yeah. uh, they're that, revisiting that. And, and they're that, packaging deals together, too. Uh, that's not going to happen. We'll be joined here shortly by Patrick Royce down in Fort Myers. This is Brian Murphy signing off on Garage Logic here on 1500 ESPN KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis.